Hello and welcome to the Touch with the Fire podcast. Uh, every episode we endeavor not to waste your time. I'm your host, Joseph Jordan. This week's story is a little different, more lighthearted than the last few weeks. I, I should warn you, however, that it does contain serious spoilers for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. So if you haven't gotten around to reading that book, you might want to go do that before you listen to this. Uh, before we get going, I want to remind you that you can find more of my work at touchedwithfire.fm where there's a blog and links to some interviews with me. If you want to contact me, email joseph at touchedwithfire.fm. Please, the thing you can really do, though, is recommend the show to your friends. We're a fledgling concern, and I like to think I'm not just shouting into the void. Uh, on that note, in an effort not to waste your time, we'll get right to it. This is Season 1, Episode 5 of Touched With Fire, entitled Sasquatch. My family used to have this cabin in the woods outside Bend, where my mom grew up. The woods there are sparse and smell good, like juniper and rain on dust. In the day, it was a peaceful place, which sounded mostly of wind in the trees. The nearest neighbors were pretty far away. At night, you couldn't see the lights in their windows. At night, it became less peaceful, too, or it always seemed that way to me. The nocturnal birds would begin to hoot and coo. Coyotes would howl first one, then another, then all of them, echoing off across the high desert for a hundred miles. And it was, if you wanted it to be, completely dark. I've always been afraid of the dark, even as an adult. I no longer sleep with a light on, I'm not a total wimp. But if I find myself in a quiet, dark room, I do start to freak out. I'm not even sure what it is that I freak out about. In some respects, it's probably a terror of mortality, you know, but I see things, things that aren't there in the shadows. My mind races until it finds a moment of horror and panic to ponder. Eventually, if I don't turn on a light or the radio, I will end up plastered in a cold sweat to the bed, staring wide-eyed and frightened at a spot on the ceiling. And so that cabin was a place I had mixed feelings about. In the daytime, I loved it. But at night, when the owls and coyotes and ghosts and robbers and sasquatches lurked out there in the darkness for me, that was a little different. When I was in my 20s and the Harry Potter books were still coming out, I developed a bit of a ritual surrounding the release. The day before the book came out, I would drive out to that cabin and stay the night. In the morning, I would get up very early and drive into town where there was a Barnes & Noble. I would plug my headphones into my iPod. I did this because I had heard horror stories about rabid story ruiners of years past who had flipped to the back of previous books, read the final scenes, and shouted out for the whole bookstore to hear who had lived, who had died, and what had changed. Then I would buy the book, not looking at or talking to anybody, drive back out to the cabin, and begin to read. I would read all over the house, the couch, the porch swing, the floor, even prone on the stairs. Here's the thing. Did all of this completely naked. Naked on the couch, naked on the port swing, naked on the stairs. There are a lot of reasons I could give you for this. 
so it's hot. I'm a slow reader. Nothing sucks worse than just sweating through your shirt while you lie there. But the truth is this. Being naked is awesome. So long as you don't have to look yourself in the mirror. There's a glorious freedom to it. A feeling of being close to your roots or something. We're born naked after all. And I think there's probably some part of us that's always trying to get naked again. So when the seventh book comes out, I repeat this ritual. I drive down to the cabin the day before, I spend the night, and at eight in the morning, I go into town, put the headphones on, buy the Harry Potter book, and then on the way back out of town, I stop at a supermarket and buy a bottle of champagne. You see, I have a plan. Once it becomes clear that Harry Potter is either going to live or die, I'm going to crack this champagne and either celebrate Harry's survival or mourn his loss. It's hard to imagine now, but this was a hotly debated issue at the time, and I was genuinely worried about it. Anyway, I drive back out to the cabin, I get naked, and I start reading the book. Now, some people can read a Harry Potter book, even the long ones, in four or five hours, but I'm not one of those people. It takes me all day. So I read naked on the couch, and I read naked on the porch swing. For a while, I lie on a towel out on the lawn and read naked. Get a pretty good sunburn on my butt cheeks. All in all, I'm having a pretty good time. But eventually, it gets dark, and I'm not done with the book yet. So I'm inside, sitting in a rocking chair, naked, reading the scene in which Harry's house elf friend Dobby dies. It's getting a little dusty, if you know what I mean. And then something runs into the side of the cabin, hard. The windows rattle, that's how hard. I drop the book and go, what the fuck? Because it's very dark out there. We're miles from civilization. Could be anything. Coyotes. Robbers. Ghosts. Sasquatches. Feeling jumpy, I scramble to the door and I lock it. Because everybody knows that ghosts and sasquatches are flummoxed by a locked door. But I do go back to reading, and after a while, I've forgotten about the thing that ran into the side of the house. After all, I'm inside, and it's outside. It can't get to me. It eventually becomes clear that Harry's going to live, and I crack the champagne. I've really forgotten about the noise by the time I finish the book. I also really have to pee. Now, I don't know about you, but much like being naked, I enjoy peeing outside, so long as I'm not bothering anybody. And out of that cabin, there was no way to bother anyone with your pee. So, kind of drunk, having forgotten about the Sasquatches, I unlock the front door and go outside to do my business. Outside the front door, there's a concrete apron, and then the cabin is surrounded by a lawn. And I don't want to pee on the apron, so I go out to the lawn. And then I don't want to pee on the grass and kill it, so I go out a little further, up next to a flimsy wire fence that separates the lawn from the neighbor's field. And just as I'm about to get started, it's the Sasquatch. It's back. So I rear back and make a sound so primal that it must come from 100,000 years ago. Ah! 
And once I get the sense that I've scared off the Sasquatch, I turn around and I sprint back into the house where I slam the door and turn on all the lights and get a movie going on the TV because everyone knows that Sasquatches are scared of movies. Turn to page 394. After a few seconds of catching my breath, though, I quickly transformed from frightened to pissed. I mean, this was my house. And I am a human being. And Sasquatches aren't real. I mean, seriously, who was the apex predator here? Me or some imaginary Bigfoot? To hell with that. So I hatched a plan. I was going to get dressed all in black. Then I was going to get this flashlight thing we had, bright as the sun. And then I would find some kind of thing for bludgeoning with. I would go out in the dark. And when I found the Sasquatch, I would blind it with a flashlight. And then beat it silly with my bludgeoning thing. This plan was foolproof. So I went upstairs and I put on a pair of dark blue sweatpants and a black t-shirt. Didn't really worry about my arms or about the fact that the pants weren't really black. I was a tactical genius to see and these were minor concerns. This was going to work. Then I went under the stairs and rummaged around in the junk there until I found the perfect thing. A t-ball bat. It was about as long as my arm. It was pink. It would be very good for bludgeoning. Then I got the brightest of the sun flashlight out of the cupboard. Then I turned off all the lights and the TV because I didn't want the Sasquatch to see me coming out of the house. So I creep out the front door and I can just feel that I'm being watched. I cock an ear. But all I can hear are the owls and the wind in the trees. I'm going to have to go back to the scene of the first encounter to search for clues. I tiptoe across the concrete. I tiptoe across the lawn. I am approaching the fence when I hear it again. And I flip on the flashlight and I rear back with the bat. And it's a pony. It's kind of a pretty pony. It's my neighbor's pony. It has bent the flimsy wire fence and is leaning over to eat the grass of my yard. I drop the bat. We stare at each other for a while. The pony munches the grass. And I feel... Well, I feel like I just beat up a Sasquatch. This is great, actually. I am the apex predator around here. And you know what? I'm overdressed. So I take off all my clothes. And then I realize I still have to pee. So I pee outside. Like the free American I am. Then I go back inside. I find a copy of the first Harry Potter book. And I begin to read them all over from the beginning. All told, I had a pretty good day. (laughs) 